0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I'm smelling
1: the Dog. I am a bled. I'm smelling the Dog. I'm super smiley. I have a cat, two tweets, The travel kitty. I have a big girlfriend, and she's really pretty. I have a pony, we share a big horse. We have a big car, yeah, we have two, of course. and super smiles welcome to a super smiley adventure on pet life radio the largest pet radio network in the world i'm megan blake the pet lifestyle coach here with my possum sidekick super smiley the ambassador of kindness for the animal film festival here on a super smiley adventure we explore adventures where animals lead they can be journeys for animal advocacy for adventure and fun and they almost always lead to paths of inner discovery and greater bonding with our pets As the pet lifestyle coach, I travel the country with Smiley, helping people adopt the right pet for their lifestyle and then help train them so they keep that pet forever. And one of the ways we keep our pets forever is with the best health care possible. And that's why we're on it this month with Pet Dental Month. And Super Smiley is perfect for this one. With us today is an amazing veterinarian who was a public health officer for the Air Force. He was the Deputy State Public Health Veterinarian in Kansas. He worked at the UC Davis Teaching Hospital. He's been a guest in lots of media, including Home and Family on Hallmark Channel. And now he's Smiley's Super Veterinarian here in malibu california he's the owner of the malibu vet clinic welcome dr john lupo welcome
2: thank you megan good to be here
1: yeah oh and first dr lupo happy valentine's day that's coming up so we want to wish you and all your people there at your clinic happy valentine's day
2: Thank you very much. I'm going to have to make a mark on that so I don't forget. (laughs) Mark my calendar on that one.
1: Very good. So, Dr. Lupo, your practice encompasses everything from preventative medicine to surgery and trauma care and nutrition. But right now, we're in pet dental month. So, do we really need like a whole pet dental month? Why is taking care of our pet's teeth so important?
2: Well, I mean, pets, unlike us, most pets don't get their teeth brushed every day. They don't floss every day. So, you know, it's important to, it's important. Most of them don't. Some of them probably do. Most don't. So it's important to just, you know, the month of February we designated as uh, we as in veterinarians in general as Pet Dental Month just to really remind us that, you know, pets do have teeth too and they get the same types of diseases we do, periodontal disease, gingivitis, calculus, all that stuff. And it's just a reminder to just uh, pay attention to all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it is so important. And Super Smiley and I, we write a blog for Sargent's Pet Help Central. And this month we wrote about Pet Dental Month. And in researching, you mentioned periodontal disease. It was pretty eye-opening and it was actually a little frightening. I read that by the age of two, that's just two years old, that almost 80% of dogs and 70% of cats have developed periodontal disease. That's huge. Do you see that in pets? Do you see that a lot in your animals that you take care of?
2: I do. I, you know, those figures sound about right, actually, just in, based on my experience. I mean, I would say, you know, unless it's just a, a young puppy, a year or two old or less, you know, I, almost every pet that comes in through my doors, I'm going to see you know, some form of periodontal disease, whether m- it be mild or more severe. And, and you know, of course, the, the older the pet is, the more often it seems like I see that. So, yeah, those figures sound about right to me.
1: You mentioned young puppies, and you're right, whenever I see the puppies, the young, not the little tiny babies with the baby teeth, but the ones that have had their their adult teeth for a little while, they're so white, and they're so perfect looking, and I always call them puppy teeth, so you really can see a difference as they start to get older and that really beautiful whiteness goes away, you're right about that. So dental care for pets is not just cosmetic or about doggy breath, but it can mean some serious health issues, is that right?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's been some research done on that and um, it has been shown that there is a correlation between dogs that have severe periodontal disease and things like kidney disease. You know, heart disease, certain types of heart disease, uh, mitral valve, degeneration, those sorts of things. And and we think there is a a connection between those, yeah.
1: Wow, that is really important. I'm so glad that we're talking about this. We're going to get more into this. And I know Super Smiley wants to keep his super smile, and we're going to find out more on what we need to do as pet people, pet owners, right after the break. Smiley, can you wait? Good boy.
0: Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact.
1: I'm stylish, I'm super stylish. Must rock!
2: It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: And we're back on a Super Smiley Adventure with Dr. John Lupo, Super Smiley, Super Veterinarian here in Malibu, California. Welcome back, Dr. Lupo. Thank you. So I mentioned doggy breath. Now, you know, we all know what that means, doggy breath. Is that a normal part of being a dog or can it mean trouble?
2: It, it almost always means trouble. I mean, doggy yeah. breath doesn't just happen. You know, halitosis, it, there's something there that's causing that, and that something is usually bacteria of some sort, you know, to some degree or another. Um, so what happens is bacteria get in there, they start off with plaque, it winds up as dental calculus, and, and those bi- that bacteria byproducts, as they accumulate, generally starts causing bad breath and I mean there's other types of systemic diseases certain types of systemic diseases for example kidney disease can also cause it but when you talk about mouth pathology it's almost always related to bacteria and you know gingivitis and those things is that bacteria produces those byproducts that stuff smells and and that's what you're smelling when you you smell your dog's bad breath.
1: So that can be a signal that we need to come to the vet and check it out, right? It's a good signal because it's right there in front of our faces, literally, right?
2: Exactly. (laughs) And and, I mean, it is, it's a handy thing to have, actually, to be able to smell that because that is kind of a lot, many times that's an owner's first warning that something's going wrong. As a matter of fact, a lot of patients that come to me, you know, that's one of the owner's complaints is, you know, my dog's got bad breath. What can I do about it? And, you Mm -hmm. know, of course, we look into the mouth and we see the pathology there and and we talk about the teeth cleaning and, and there's also additives you can add to the water to help with that. Um, but yeah, that is a lot of times the first warning that something is going on in there.
1: Right. And we, we keep talking about doggy breath, but cats, man, they can have some breath happening, some halitosis too. Is it the same signal for cats or is it that I'm using all these words that, the, you know, we have stinky cat food that the cats think is fabulous. So is it from eating that food or can that also be a signal in kitty cats that there's something wrong with their teeth?
2: Yeah, no, it, it's many times it's similar in cats. So, uh, as a matter of fact, cats can actually, bad breath in cats can actually mean, um, Cats get uh, have a, a particular propensity to get uh, stomatitis, which is a disease that, uh, again, bacteria related, uh, starts off with simple gingivitis. It grows, and it sometimes it can actually get so bad that you know certain cats with stomatitis and those types of diseases can actually have to have their teeth extracted as one of the only ways to cure that. But again, you know one of the first signs of that is bad breath. So you know whenever an owner you know smells bad breath on a cat, it's probably even more important uh, than in a dog to get them in and get those teeth checked because cats do have a propensity to get that disease. It's called stomatitis.
1: Okay, really, really good to know. And and in my reading, I read that periodontal disease is the most common health condition in cats and dogs. How accurate is that? I mean, that's kind of crazy. The most common? What do you think?
2: Again, I agree. I like I said. I almost every dog that comes into my clinic, unless it's a dog that you know that the owner is just getting routine dental care. And I say routine, I mean a couple times a year, getting those teeth cleaned and possibly even you know giving you know treats, uh, (laughs) parodontal treats or additives. I would say almost every dog that comes to my mouth has some degree of dental disease. Now, when I say some degree, some of them are very mild, just a little bit of calculus that you you, know, you might know might see on an otherwise healthy dog, but and it ranges from that all the way to you know severe stomatitis, severe periodontal disease, and gingivitis, and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. So, you, yeah, you're mentioning how it can build up and how serious it is. But let's back up. Let's start at the very beginning. Like I mentioned, when I was researching for our sergeant's pet health care blog about dental month, it was eye opening and it was a little frightening. Now, can you explain about, let's back way up to plaque and tartar? What, we've all heard that on, on the television commercials and it sounds, you know, just kind of innocuous to us because we hear about, use this toothpaste and, you know, you won't have plaque or tartar. But what exactly is that and how does it proceed and how does it affect the gums? Can you tell us a little right. bit about that?
2: Sure, well, I and mean, plaque is basically a, a film of bacteria and bacterial byproducts that accumulates in dogs' and cats' mouths as well as our uh-huh. mouths. And in fact, pretty much everybody has, uh, including us people, have some degree of plaque in our mouths at any given time, um, okay. which is why we brush every day to keep that plaque down to a minimum so it doesn't develop into tartar and calculus. Um, okay. So with dogs, pretty much they all have some degree of plaque, okay. um, and it's just a matter of how often you can get that off with routine you know. Prophylactic cleaning to prevent that from building up into calculus, which then, you know, uh, eventually causes you know further deterioration and gingivitis and periodontal disease.
1: When you say calculus, is that tartar? Is that another word for tartar? Because we've heard plaque. And now what's tartar?
2: Yes. So it starts off as plaque, which is you know bacteria and bacterial byproducts and that film that grows. And uh-huh. as that develops and grows over time, uh-huh. you get deposits, mineral deposits, and, and bacterial debris and gunk kind of get in there. And that turns into then tartar or calculus, which is basically the same thing. So basically calculus is just... Uh, Caked on, nasty, crusty—you know—plaque that has, you know, calcified and then got mineral
1: deposits. So it turns hard exactly. and rough. Is that right? It, yes, oh, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. hard
2: and it sticks on their teeth. And the only way really to get that off is with the prophylactic uh, dental cleaning with, uh, you know, ultrasonic scalers and so forth.
1: Okay, and so then the tartar—that's the stuff that gets up. can get up under the gums and can really cause the serious infection, right? Correct.
2: Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's and, the part. And like, is- that's a, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's the part that sounded so scary to me where you, I'm like oh my gosh and so we got to make sure everybody's good and and talking about okay now we got it we got it we see how horrible it is and how it can get up under there so it can be prevented I read that this was the most common thing but it was actually one of the most easily prevented is that correct so that's the it's, good news it's, right
2: it's, exactly just like us we prevent that from building the calculus and the tartar from building up on our teeth by brushing our teeth every day and flossing yeah um, right dogs you know now so that's one thing you can do with your pet is you can brush their teeth you can go out and by toothbrushes with doggy toothpaste and you can brush their teeth every day and, and many clients do. You know, unfortunately, a lot of clients don't for whatever reason, or they don't have time or they're not thinking about it, or they're not educated about it. And in those cases, you know, the next best thing you can do is get routine dental cleanings from your veterinarian. And that just involves going in there with a scaler, just like when we go to a dentist to get our teeth clean, and they, they scale off that dental calculus and clean up the teeth, polish them. And then what you will want to do as a next step is there's water additives that that can help prevent that from building up onto the dog's teeth. There's uh, chews, treats that are made specifically to help prevent dental you know, calculus buildup and and that sort of thing. And 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 so you know, combining those three, I guess, brushing, prophylactic cleaning, and then appropriate you know uh, preventative methods like that is basically the best way to keep that off.
1: That's really, really good information. And then, but probably the first course of action would actually be to go to your veterinarian to get, to assess the issue. Would you recommend that? Do they ever need x-rays? I mean, because when we go, the dentist I know always wants to do x-rays and I usually don't want to do them. So what do we, how do we make the decisions for our pets? What do we do?
2: Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said routine veterinary visits. As part of a physical exam, every dog that comes into my, in my office, you know, I look into their mouth and uh, try to assess the health of the gums and the teeth. Um, in some cases, if I see some pathology in there or if an owner is complaining of certain symptoms, like, for example, their dog is unable to chew food or dropping food or, you know, halitosis, bad breath, like we talked about earlier, then in certain cases, we may one do x-rays on a dog. Now, x-raying a dog's teeth is not as easy as it is us because, generally speaking, you have to put the dog under some form of heavy sedation or anesthesia to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is something that definitely can be done, and many times it's recommended depending on what the veterinarian sees in his initial exam.
1: Very cool. And you mentioned anesthesia, so I want to hear about the different ways that we can get our dog's teeth clean. what our options are, and more at home right after this break. We'll be right back. Smiley, can you wait? (coughs) Good boy.
0: Sit. Stay. We'll be right back, right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert, and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four part on demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication. Breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level. Using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals. And how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did.
1: Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet. Bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friends. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. Hey there, pet parents. This is Christy Vaughn, host of The Doggy Dish. Do you love your furry companion? Do you love making him or her healthy treats but can't seem to find the time? Great news. The Doggy Dish is the perfect show for you. Every episode is chock full of healthy and easy recipes that are made with ingredients you most likely have on hand. Tune in to The Doggy Dish for yummy and healthy recipes for your canine kids.
0: Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. podcast Let's Talk Pets on Pet Life Radio Pet Life Radio PetLiferadio.com. radio.com
1: Hi, this is Christy Swanson from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I'm on a super smiley adventure. And we're back on a super smiley adventure with Dr. John Lupo from the Malibu Veterinary Clinic in Malibu, California. And we're talking about Pet Dental Month. So, Dr. Lupo, we were talking about both things that we can do at home and the cleaning in the dental, in your your office, in the veterinary office. And you mentioned anesthesia. And there are two ways we can go. We can go with anesthesia or non-anesthesia. Can you talk about those choices and what they mean?
2: Sure. Sure. So, you know, historically, most vets, you know, I say historically, back when I first graduated in 1995 and, and, you know, after that and before that, almost all the time, whenever we did a teeth cleaning, we would put a dog under anesthesia to do that. And the reason for that is, you know, most vets, and there is some degree of truth to this, is when you have a dog under anesthesia, you can get a little bit deeper under the gum lines, you can get a deeper cleaning, better cleaning, you know, you're using, you know, it's just that you've got a better way to probe the teeth and assess for dental disease and that sort of thing. So, in general, it's usually recommended to, to get an anesthetic cleaning. Now, that being said, if we've done the initial anesthetic cleaning, we've got the teeth clean. Uh, it's a regular patient and I know that the pet has pretty good teeth and uh, based on my exam I see that there's not a lot of pathology there. Um, yeah. Then we can definitely do a non-anesthetic procedure which is you know we get people that really know what they're doing so it's not just uh, you know these folks are usually quite trained in this and they'll go in there and, and hold the dog's mouth open with certain tools that they have and, and they'll go in there and, and get a, a teeth cleaned cleaning without anesthesia. And we do that. That's been more and more of a trend lately over the last probably 10 years. And as uh, a matter of fact, in my practice, I would say, you know, again, once I know the dog is, is healthy teeth and just needs a routine cleaning, you know, we'll recommend that as routine cleaning and then maybe get an anesthetic dental as needed if things develop from there.
1: Right. Angel and Smiley, they've had several non-anesthetic cleanings at your facility. And um, and yeah, their teeth look great when they come out. They look wonderful. And I would love to watch one of those. So the, the people, the technician literally just holds their little mouth open like a dentist and scrapes their teeth and dogs sit still. Is that what happens? I'm trying to visualize yeah, it. I mean, uh, you
2: know, surprisingly <laughs> enough, I've seen cats that I would not want to stick my hand in their mouth, <laughs> especially cats, but <laughs> certain dogs too. And these dental technicians do an amazing job of calming the pet down. Uh,
1: oh. They kind of put
2: him in this little kind of hold where they kind of straddle the dog between their legs and oh. and make the dog comfortable and they'll put some yeah. some towels in there to get them all comfortable and they'll put little cotton rolls or something in their mouth to kind of hold their mouth oh, open and, right, and they're very right. gentle. They do it very you know take it slow. If the dogs have giving them a hard time at all, they'll give the dog a break, relax for a few minutes, come back in a few minutes, try it again. I mean, there's no rush. There's very little stress on the animals. It's actually I honestly I don't know how they do it, <laughs> <No>. but <laughs> Megan, you are absolutely welcome to observe next time we do it on Friday. Oh,
1: I would love to do that. I would yeah. love to do that. That is very cool. I will take you up on that offer. And then you mentioned that some of these things, but once we've, we've gotten our pet's teeth professionally cleaned, you've mentioned that we could do at home brushing. And I read that we should never use human toothpaste. Is that correct? Tell us about that. Yeah,
2: that's correct. There's some ingredients in human toothpaste that don't settle well with dogs. And, and remember, when we brush our teeth, we spit out the toothpaste, whereas dogs ah. tend to you know, swallow it. So, right. so there's toothpaste that's made specifically for dogs that's safe to swallow inert ingredients, and, uh, but you know, still does the job of keep, keeping the teeth clean.
1: Right. So we definitely, let's emphasize that. We don't want to use human toothpaste because I, I read a couple of reasons that your dog could choke on the foam. They may swallow all this toothpaste. Maybe it's got xylitol in it, which is poisonous to dogs. So there's just a lot of reasons. We should just stick with the, whatever it is, chicken flavor, which sounds horrible. To right.
0: and, and, re, and remember, uh, a lot of
2: the, the beneficiary actions of the teeth cleaning is the actual physical process of brushing the teeth. It's uh-huh, not even, right. it's not even um. so much the ingredients of the toothpaste. All that's important too. But, you know, Even just getting in there with a toothbrush and just physically brushing off that film, that plaque that we talked about, is is better than nothing.
1: Right. Could you even use like a rough but very thin washcloth with your finger in it? Would that create enough friction, or is that not really going to do anything? What do you think Um,
2: about that? that, That's probably better than nothing, but they actually have uh, little dental rubbers that you can put on your finger, like a little little, sleeve.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah, a little, little sleeve that goes
2: over your finger exactly and and you can use that to just kind of rub your dog's teeth and and even if your dog doesn't really put up with it at first, dogs can be trained and yes. and really a lot of times it's it's quite easy with, you know, some treats, some positive reinforcement to eventually get a dog that's resistant to that to, you know, eventually put up with that.
1: Yeah, I've done that with Smiley. It's really it was really pretty easy, especially if you give yourself. You're talking about your dental hygienist taking a lot of time. If you give yourself like a week and you let them yep. just lick the toothbrush, lick the toothpaste first, then lick it off your finger, then lick it off the brush, and then just do one little tooth at a time and give them some treats. Then pretty soon it's like no big deal to the dog. They'll just lie yeah, there. Exactly.
2: They almost they, they almost enjoy it. They think it's <laughs> a playtime or you know it's a special time that they can spend with their owners. And yeah, a lot of dogs right. really look forward to that. Yeah,
1: right. And you mentioned the um the just the actual the actual physical action. And earlier you mentioned treats that are actually good for cleaning teeth. What about those? Does it say packaging? What does it say? How do we know?
2: Well, a lot of it's the same idea. It's the physical action of the treat as it brushes up against the dog's Teeth, uh, it kind of abrades that plaque and, and it kind of keeps the calculus from forming. But there are certain ingredients in many of these two that also can inhibit bacterial growth. Remember, oh, a lot cool. of it comes down to, to bacteria. That's the bacteria right. in there that cause the problems. Our mouths have normal flora, I mean, normal bacteria in there, and bacteria are generally good for us. Um, right. But what we're doing is trying to keep the bad bacteria at bay while keeping the good bacteria, you know, working, doing their jobs to, to all the things that bacteria, you know, do in our systems. Um, so it's just kind of keeping a balance. And a lot. Of it is balance you know between our immune system and, and bacteria so oh, and a, lot of, a lot of dogs that have dental disease. Um actually, you know, especially, you know, dogs that have chronic dental disease that don't seem to get better with, say, initial teeth cleanings and so forth, or come or if the plaque and calculus come back shortly after a teeth cleaning, you know, then we, a lot of times we'll look into things more thoroughly and do some diagnostics, and we find that there's immune-mediated diseases involved and other problems that uh, are causing the teeth problems uh, other than, you know, once we dig deeper into it.
1: Right. So again, the, the mouth, the bad breath or the teeth can be a, a signal that there's something going wrong. So we need to really, really watch exactly. our pet's teeth. And then you mentioned toys. I think you mentioned toys that can encourage chewing, that, that gently clean the teeth. What about that? Do you know anything about the toys? Yeah, that be, it,
2: yeah. exactly. It's, and it's similar to, you know, the, the physical abrasion of rubbing up against the teeth and, and kind of knocking out that film and those debris before they have a chance to settle on there and turn into calculus, uh, you know, similar to the treats. And then there's water additives as well that Oh, yeah. Tell us about that. Tell us. So there's water additives that have ingredients, uh, you know, that that actually inhibit bacteria as the dog is, you know, when dogs drink, they lap up their water and it kind of splashes around in their teeth before they have a chance to swallow it. And the idea with those is that the ingredients in some of these mouth washes, if you will, again, prevent the film buildup that eventually turns into calculus and, and tartar.
1: Good. And can we get that from our veterinarian or is that an over-the-counter thing that we look for in the uh, store? Yeah, you
2: know, they sell them both, you know, okay. both over-the-counter and, and most veterinarians, I, I suppose, probably, probably keep those. I know we do. We sell those here as well.
1: Yeah, good to know. I'm going to run down and get some of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. And then many vet clinics have specials during this month or they have their non-anesthesia technicians come in and, and you have your non-anesthesia people in this month. Is that correct? Or a couple of yeah. times a year, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. We well, every well every February is pet dental month, and we generally give twenty percent off. You know, I think most we oh, cool. will have will have yeah specials that month. And uh, yeah, our our dental hygienist she works all over Southern California, LA area, and she comes to our clinic uh, twice a month. Um, she stays very busy. You know, like I said, the last ten years, it's been kind of more and more popular to get your, get dog's teeth done without anesthesia. But again, I will put a plug in that, you know, again, probably initial, initial exam from a veterinarian is always, you know, beneficial.
1: Right. Absolutely. And for people across the United States, I love what you mentioned that your dental technician doesn't stay there all the time that she travels because it is such a specialty. So just because you don't see a dental technician at your veterinary clinic, call them and find out when they're going to be there or if they're going to be someplace else where you can catch them at another place and get your pet's teeth cleaned. I love that. I love that. That's a really good tip. And then we mentioned Happy Valentine's Day. We have to do this shout out. I know this is about, this is a dental show, but I wanted to mention some fun things that we could do for our pets on Valentine's Day. And not only on Valentine's Day, but we could do them every day. One of the things that Smiley loves to do is he likes to go to the big pet stores and pick out his own toy. (laughs) He he walks up and down the aisles. It's so cute. And, And he literally, he'll pick out one that he wants. So Dr. Lupo, do you have a suggestion for everybody to do for their pets, what do you think? Oh, that's a good
2: question. <laughs> I tell you what, I you know, my dog is hundred and twenty pounds. So he's a big boy. And uh, I you know, I bet he would love a, a romp on the beach. We live here in Malibu and uh, yeah. I and mean, he just loves running up and down the beach and playing in the water, so maybe we'll do something like that. Or better yet, maybe I'll take him with my wife and I as we celebrate we've been together fifteen years now. Maybe he'll just come with us to the restaurant and we'll have to make uh, oh. give him a place at the table.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that would be my wife be would love that.
1: Yeah, well, we all have love affairs and quotes, love affairs with our animals. So I think that they would fit right in, especially in Malibu. Malibu is such an animal friendly place. I don't think anybody would blink an eye except maybe the restaurant <laughs> owner but none of the people would blink an eye here in Malibu and let's see, oh another fun thing that I thought it was, you know how they have doggy play dates, everybody has doggy play dates, you can actually have a Valentine's play day pet party and and mm. bake some pup cakes. I got a great oh, recipe nice. for some pup cakes and um, actually <laughs> we put, put the whole recipe on Smiley's Pet Life Radio blog and so you can go to that easily by going, we got a this cool new little URL you can go to radioblogdog.com and that'll come right up to Smiley's Pet Life Radio blog so we'll have some recipes there and oh Dr. Lupo but we're just talking about the fun things for Valentine's Day there's some things we should avoid we all know about chocolate but can you talk a little bit more maybe about some of the things we should watch out for our dogs on Valentine's Day
2: well definitely chocolates you know really I mean and especially during the holidays people tend to leave these things laying around and dogs will just jump up on the counter and they'll just go for it you know Dark chocolate is specifically bad. You know, Melt chocolate as most of us know is mostly just sugar and, and other, you know, inert ingredients. But it's the dark chocolates that you really have to watch out for. So if you have dark chocolates laying around, definitely put those up in the cabinets. Don't leave them laying around.
1: Right. And we mentioned xylitol some candies, some sugar free candies have xylitol and we don't right. even Think about that because you just think it's candy. You know, my dog's not going right. to eat that. But it can be very, very bad. And raisins. I happen to love chocolate-covered raisins, but I don't even bring raisins in my house. Can you? After I read about what raisins can do, can you talk about how lethal raisins can be for a second?
2: Well, raisins can definitely be harmful. The thing about raisins is they're unpredictable. Raisins and grapes. Um, you know, yeah. some dogs will eat raisins and they'll be totally fine, and other dogs will eat a couple of raisins and they'll just go into major, you know, organ failure. So it's, it's. Uh, I, you know, I always tell people just to be. So yeah definitely keep raisins away from your pets uh, grapes as well you know play it safe
1: well that's good to know and dr lupo thank you so much for joining us on a super smiley adventure and you all have a facebook page don't you where we can keep up tell we, us about your facebook we, page
2: we do well if you go to com, it has a okay. link to our facebook page and, and that tells you know basically about us and our clinics and that's probably the best way to get there
1: very cool and we want to invite everyone also to tweet us at super smiley dog and join us on Facebook at super smiley or at facebook.com slash Megan Blake and facebook follow Smiley's new Pet Life Radio blog at radioblogdog.com and speaking of Pet Life Radio, without our amazing producer and the co-founder of Pet Life Radio we wouldn't be here with you so a huge Super Smiley shout out and thank you to our super producer Mark Winter and speaking of Mark congratulations to Pet Life Radio and to Super Smiley for our nomination for a Dog Writers Association of America award and that award ceremony will take place this month so we're very excited about that thank you DWAA for that great honor and Dr. Lupo thank you again for all you do for animals and for joining us on a super smiley adventure. Thank
2: you so much for having me Megan and happy Pet Dental Month uh, everybody out there.
1: Yes happy Pet Dental Month and happy Valentine's Day (laughs) and from all of us here at Pet Life Radio on a super smiley adventure we hope you love all your adventures with your pets and until next time woof and super smile
0: Let's Talk Pets every week on demand